Shut up and sit down. Welcome to another episode of the Super Movie Studies Podcast, a show about comic book movies approached from every angle, and a community of nerds discussing how fiction relates to nonfiction. I'm your comic book cultured host, Michael Maurer, joined by the movie maestro, James Skyler Houtsma, the scientific scholar, Ben Anderson, and special guest, Austin Anderson. You can make your own moniker, I guess, at some point. I haven't really made one. Ben's my husband. Do you want that to be your moniker? And Ben's my husband is here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very well. My claim to fame. Yes. You're very famous. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yes. SMSP is your premier movie discussion podcast. Every week, we continue our journey exploring our favorite subjects, superhero movies. Every fan sees the movies differently, so we gather some amateur experts to discuss certain aspects of the film. Whether it's money, comic books, music, science, or so many post credit scenes... SMSP talks about it all in this week's episode. All right. First you flick this switch, then this switch. That activates it. Then you push this button, which will give you five minutes to get out of there. Now, whatever you do, don't push this button. Because that will set off the bomb immediately and we'll all be dead. Now, repeat back what I just said. I'm good. Uh-huh. I'm good. That's right. I'm good. No! Now that's the button that will kill everyone. Try again. Hmm. I'm Groot. Mm-hmm. I'm Groot. Uh-huh. I'm Groot. No, that's exactly what you just said. How is that even possible? Which button is the button you're supposed to push? Point to it. No! Hey, you're making him nervous. Shut up and give me some tape. Does anybody have any tape out there? I want to put some tape over the death button. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. And yes, there will be spoilers. Hey! I don't, I don't have anything. I'm, I'm in a non-creative mood right now. Boo, whore. Me. <laughs> Me. All right, very well. Um, first opinions, then. Let's go to Skyler. I'm sorry, what? Oh, no. Um, If... You have been feeling especially hard on yourself and going back to listen to our very first episode. Uh, you'll know that I was not particularly a fan of the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, one of few, from what I understand. Uh, but going into this one, I was happy to say that I feel like this was the film that everyone was talking about with the first movie. It has a better story. The humor is a little more spot on. Uh, it's more visually impressive. And it just resonates more. I feel like this is, you know, they took that first one and tuned it up to a point where it just works so much better. Um, and yeah, it's a, it actually managed to make me a little more excited for the Marvel Universe than any of the Avengers-centered movies have in the past few years. So props to them. Um, Popcorn Michael. Guardians Volume 2. What a joy. What a joy of a film. Guardians Volume 1 was great. We all knew it was, except <laughs> Skyler. Uh, and then we just knew that this is the movie that like excels in the Marvel Cinematic Universe method of just snarky jokes, a plot with a slightly emotional pull to it, but mostly just jokes, and then a goofy team dynamic that just works so well when they play off each other. 
and don't treat each other like idiots and only fight when it's actually emotional conflicts and then they don't actually punch each other. They just yell at each other. Um, like that's where the good stuff lies. And then <laughs> wraparound jokes are great. <laughs> it's not ripe yet. <laughs> okay. That one That one was a bit overplayed. <laughs> that was hilarious to me. That was my favorite joke. Really? Yeah. It was a food joke. Uh, oh, fair enough. Okay. I was more of a fan of Matt, just look out. <laughs> and she's laying unconscious on the ground. That <laughs> cracked me up so much. I don't think I could get over that one for a while. Oh, that was a good one. Um, no funny theater stories this time, which is a shame. Typically, there's at least one idiot who's doing something dumb in a theater. Um, but I loved Guardians 2. I'd go and see it again in an instant. I Man, they're really being dicks to theaters, though, with all these post-credit scenes. Like, that is it's such a dick move. And our butts. They're just being a dick to our butts. <laughs> What? what a terrible Ooh, choice Dick to our boss. I know. <laughs> I know, right? All right. Okay. Uh, popcorn Ben? Okay. Uh, one of the things that I've been complaining about for a long time with Marvel <laughs> movies is the villain being bland and motivationally nothing there. They're just evil. Dimension, uh, singular dimension. Yeah. And... What I really liked about this movie, which I really liked overall for a lot of the reasons that you said, that have been said, uh, the villain, I like remembered who he was and what his motivations were the next day. Can you tell me the villain of Doctor Strange? Uh, Either one of them. I remember <laughs> Dormammu. Okay. And the only reason I remember him was because Doctor Strange beat him in a clever way. I have no idea what he was up to. And why he was doing it. Okay. Whereas Ego, the villain of this film, I know what he was up to. He was colonizing the galaxy with his enormous brain. Yep. And I, don't I knew think that's what he was colonizing it with. And he I knew seem why. To have a lot of kids. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. He was gonna fuck the galaxy <laughs> until he inseminated every single planet and then made a baby that he would conquer the world with. Um. So I remember what he was doing, and I remember why he was doing it, because he was bored and felt like he didn't have any purpose, and then he was like, ah, my purpose is to destroy the world, which, like... Not destroy, be the world. Be the world. Be everything. Yes. To to consume everything. And I was like, you know, that's that's Dormammu, but at least I understand, like, gl- why. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. And what you're doing and why. So that was really nice to see. Um, the jokes were really funny. Visually, it was stunning. Really good use of, of color. Mm-hmm. In a way that the Suicide trailer was trying to do, <laughs> Suicide Squad yes. trailer. Uh, I well, I mean, they the use of like all the different characters all have different skin tones. Yeah. Um. Like God, makeup must have been a bitch. Oh, <laughs> Just, I'm sure. <laughs> like Drax. I mean, David Bautista had to stand there for at least three and a half hours a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like the special effects were on point. I think they were using a lot of matte paintings. It looked like. Okay. Like, rather than, like, digital backgrounds, they looked like actual paintings. Okay. Which is a weird thing for me to notice, but I was like, this is nice. This film will age fairly well. (laughs) Anyway, Popcorn mm, Austin. You're so close to saying my wife. Mm, (laughs) Yep. Um, I didn't really like it, and I don't know why. I I think when I think about it, I'm just like, eh. It was there. I didn't mind seeing it. I did like like parts of it. Like I thought it was really pretty. 
and I thought the acting was really good. I don't know why. I just can't figure out why I didn't like it. I have issues with the fact that Eagle was literally a brain, mostly just because I thought that was really stupid. That was kind of cool. like, yeah. like they opened yeah. that shell, and I was like, "So you're a brain." <laughs> Really? Like, you can't even be just, like, a glowing ball of energy? Like, I, feel, like, cause I'm, when, like when I, he... I have many questions about how you got here. Like, <laughs> Because d- the like... audience won't get it if he's not a, literally a human brain. When he was monologuing his, like, his evil plan and he, like, opened up the one thing and there was a human brain, I was like, okay, yeah, because he's talking to another human. Like, and so that makes sense. And then when they opened up the planet core and it was actually a human brain, I was like, I was like, wow, we're, we're very like, on point here. I was like, okay. That and um, his human uh, form was apparently his form for when he went to every other galaxy to fuck women. Yeah, I've... <laughs> and he always was stuck in 1970s fashion. Also, I have like several questions for Ego. One, yes, please show your son that you fucked all these other ladies. <laughs> that is the best way to get him on your side. And then, just to top it off with a cherry, tell him you killed his mother. Like, who he <laughs> clearly cares about. Like, even if even if Eagle can't comprehend that, he obviously cared about this woman enough to give her brain cancer, which is a whole other separate subject. <laughs> oh um, and second, like, he's also should be intelligent enough to be like, hey, I don't want to alienate this kid. Maybe destroy the universe and then be like, oh, by the way, killed I your killed mom. your mom, <laughs> bitch. Like, but you're stuck with me now because we just have to stare at each other forever. <laughs> I think that part of his plan was not well thought through. Like, he, like once you get to the end, okay, cool, all is me. Well, then you well, can you can make you can make a lot of weird shit. Yeah, he could literally go <laughs> create. Himself. He can create new alien species to fuck. Yeah, like that's what Doctor Manhattan did at the end of Watchmen. Yeah, and then he could go fuck himself like he should. Yeah. And, and well, he could re- recreate the mother again. Yeah. I mean, right? Could have brought that up, ego. Oh, ego! <laughs> you delightful son of a bitch. Okay. Also, I so badly want, I so badly wanted him to show up and like him be like, "That's Kurt Russell." <laughs> 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 to have Chris Pratt to like, dude, I saw you in Stargate. You were great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're so good. Why'd you? I love like- Escape from New York. <laughs> <laughs> like I thought that would have been dad so is Snake funny. Plissink? <laughs> Like, I thought that would have been so funny if instead of David Hasselhoff, he had, like, envisioned Kurt Russell <laughs> as his dad. And then Kurt Russell shows up and he's like, <gasps> Father. So exciting. <laughs> and just, like, fell over. I thought that would have been hilarious. But I don't know. I just, logically, I'm like, I know I should re- have really, really liked this movie, but I just didn't. Mm. It felt very meh. All right. Well, let's move on to the money, then. With a production budget of only $200 million... Only two hundred million. Only two hundred million. Not <laughs> that much for a Marvel movie, but certainly a lot for a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Um, but once again, Disney and Marvel know what they're doing because domestic gross, as of this recording, is three hundred and thirty-three point two million. Uh, add on to a with a foreign gross of four hundred and fifty point one million, and you have a still building seven hundred and eighty-three point three million dollars. Jesus Christ! Yeah. It's um a hit, I think you can say. No. Pretty safely. I doubt that. Not no, as big nothing a hit. deserves to make money. It's not as big as a hit as uh Brandy by the Red Hot. <laughs> She's Chili a fine Peppers. girl. <laughs> what a good a, wife she'd be. Yeah. Uh, oh, relativize God. it. 
Okay, so it opened to $146 million at the beginning of May. That's more than $50 million, more than the uh, original's opening weekend in August of fourteen. And it's already surpassed the first film's global and domestic totals. Um, when all is said and done, it should come in just under Captain America's Civil War's $408 million domestic total. Same with Global with that film, which came in at about $150 billion. Um, and since it's still bringing money in, I'm going to bet my money on a final worldwide tally right around $950 million. So, Ooh. Guessing yeah, game. Not, I know, right? Yeah. It's not going to beat a lot of the Avengers movies, but it should come pretty close to uh, that sweet billion-dollar mark. These are better and, than the Avengers movies. Yeah. This one, I would say, yeah, it's certainly fresher, it feels like. Um, and if you want to put it in terms of this year, 2017, it's currently sitting behind Fate of the Furious and Beauty and the Beast. Uh, both of which are well above a billion dollars, and it probably won't surpass those, but it should remain in the eh, top five for the year. Dear God, Furious, Fate, Fast and Furious movies make so much money. That is insane. And not even in the U.S. anymore. Like This has smoked it at, in the United States, but it's all coming in from overseas. My gosh, people just love their car chases. Mm. Brian, it's family. It's family, Brian. Time to unleash the beast, Brian. <laughs> Pedal to the metal. <coughs> I live sound, my life a quarter mile at a time. You sound like Mike Tyson on heroin. <laughs> more, <laughs> more like Sylvester Cerrone after a recent stroke. Okay, now oh. I feel bad. <laughs> Did he actually <laughs> do you have a, a recent stroke? <laughs> Did he? Oh, he had a stroke when he was a kid. That's why he has that. Oh, yeah. Thing. Droopy lip. Yeah. Droopy lip. Okay. Uh, let's move to comic book characters before I continue to offend people I've never met anymore. Um, even more anymore? Hmm. Uh, my language is always testable. <laughs> <laughs> Someday early. I'll be able to parse that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, first off, let's start with Overkill slash Taser Face. Oh, my God. Guardians of the Galaxy number one, 1990, Jim Valentino. He is a member of the Stark, which is a race of aliens where a cache of Stark industry weaponry found its way onto their planet, and they adapted that technology into their planet-conquering lifestyle. Uh, he's fought the Guardians multiple times, mostly just as a cyborg villain. But I just love the idea of Stark weaponry and then suddenly landing on a planet for no reason and becoming the religion. <laughs> Please tell me there was a taser in that. What? A taser? His real yes. name his real name is Taserface. Oh. Um and his yeah, his his mon- his his supervillain name is Overkill. So maybe <laughs> he comes back and changes his name. Next up, Aisha, Aisha, the sure. the golden skinned lady. Um also known as Paragon or her or Kismet, mostly Kismet. Uh, prepared in the Incredible Hulk Annual number 6, 1977, Lynn Ween and David Kraft and Herb Trimple. So, okay, so look, there's a whole group called the Enclave. Basically, it's these four scientists who faked their deaths, bought an island, and started their plots to make the world, uh, make a world dictatorship under 
their own scientific superiority. So they made a famous character named Adam Warlock, which we they hinted at in a post credit scene um, <sighs> of this one. And when they lost control of him, they tried again and made another golden skin character named Paragon. Same deal, though. Lost control of her. Scientists don't learn. And she became pretty obsessed with finding a mate. Adam Warlock being dead at the time that she found him um, by killing himself in the future. So don't ask. Uh, she searched the cosmos and had run-ins with like the Hulk and Quasar and stuff like that. Nothing to do with the Sovereign. Um, and Adam Warlock and Kismet are very <clears throat> complex characters. Almost all of these characters are actually pretty complex because of how much space-agey stuff they sneak in there. And there's a lot of words to describe what the writers are trying to get across in a lot of their plots. <laughs> um, I will get to uh, Starhawk, and that'll be holy shit. All right, so first <laughs> off, Mainframe, Guardians of the Galaxy number 5, 1990, Jim Valentino. He is an advanced alternate universe version of the Vision, where he is basically a supercomputer that controls an entire planet. Um, good Pretty stuff. straightforward. Yep. Uh, next up, we have... Uh, mainframe was that head, by the way, that Miley Cyrus voiced at the end of the movie in the post credit scene. That's part of the quote-unquote original Guardians team, mm. um, but actually isn't. Um, neither is Korger, who is next. He's Guardians of the Galaxy Annual number 1, 1991, Jim Valentino. So Korger is that lizard guy that makes the magic thumbs up, and you're like, who the hell is that guy? <laughs> Um, even as a comic book fan, I'm like, I have no idea who that, who that guy is. Mainframe, I could kind of figure out, but Korger, he only appeared in like three comics, I don't know, is trained by and succeeds Doctor Strange as the Sorcerer Supreme in an alternate universe. Man, they do a lot of hopping around in alternate universes. Well, <laughs> they got to have like a really big chart. The, ol- the, ori- uh, the original Guardians of the Galaxy team is based in a place called Earth 691, which is, hey. yeah, yeah. 69. No, I guess. <laughs> helps out the Guardians a few times and continues his struggle of fighting off Dormammu after Dormammu kills the f- Stephen Strange, who actually was Ancient One. He, he leveled himself up. Um, so the original Guardians of the Galaxy team, all right, the original team, Marvel superheroes number 18, Arnold Drake, Gene Colan. They consist of Yondu, who you know, Charlie Custer 27, which we saw as Ving Rames, big black guy in the movie. Um, sure. Martin X, Michael Rosenbaum, um, aka old Lex Luthor, uh, unrecognizable. Yeah, completely unrecognizable in his crystalline appearance, and um, Major Victory were all part of the original team, and then Starhawk joined shortly after, and a character called Nikki too. Uh, they were a group of surviving aliens that teamed up in order to push back against the forces of the Badoon, which in the thirty-first century. Um, where this all takes place, the Badoon have all but nearly conquered the entire galaxy and destroyed countless species. Appearing sporadically in other books for years, they got their own title book in 1990 by Jim Valentino for a while until Abnett and Lanning rebooted the team in 2008 with a second set of characters similar to what we see in the movies. All those, you know, Drax, Star-Lord, those guys. Uh, I I have to say, of all the post-credit scenes, the one where all of them together was just the lamest. I kind of like that because um, it, it's like, wow, they added so much star power and a ton of new characters just like that mm. in like literally less than five minutes because I went, wow, Sylvester Stallone is not in this movie at all. And then at the end of the movie, there's a Ving Rhames cameo. And you're like, Ving Rhames in this movie? Hmm, that's weird. 
Uh, he's still doing stuff? Yeah, Ving Rhames. Does I he thought... still look like a bitch? <laughs> he's the voice of Arby's. They have the beats. Oh, no. Um, next up is Starhawk, um, a.k.a. Stakar Ogard. Uh, defenders number 27, Steve Gerber, Sabushema. <sighs> okay. Starhawk is weird because they kind of he's kind of like Firestorm, where in order to access um, their powers, um, him and a character named Alita... Um, can only be present at one time. So it either is a Starhawk that looks like Stakar or a Starhawk that looks like Alita. Okay? And they use, in order to access their powers, um, and the other one is in suspended limbo. It's weird. So they're pretty much Carrie from Legion. I don't watch Legion. I'm sorry. <laughs> Carrie's the one that... I'll, I'll take your nerd blood. card now. Oh, she At has prom. she has the dir- blood, her, her dirty powers. Her, her dirty so many, pillows. There's so many things going on here because I'm thinking of <laughs> Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> there's like a lot of different worlds colliding. She was the she she was the winner of the first season of American Idol. Oh my god! <laughs> Second season, Kelly Clarkson was the first winner. Oh, oh. third season, crap. Ah, oh, fuck. Well, Carrie Underwood won the third season. Perhaps I think. Perhaps we can get back on track. Okay, thank you. Uh, <laughs> We're going through too many timelines here. Yes. Zoom, 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 zoom. You can't jump this many times. All right. Let's <laughs> talk about Sakar, though. <laughs> Born to the heroes Quasar and Kismet from an alternate universe, Sakar was kidnapped and readopted twice in infancy before being raised by a group, of, uh, group called the Reavers. There, he developed a strong relationship with his adoptive half-sister, Alita. When they discovered the ruins of a hawk god, they were merged into one being and able to use extraordinary light-bending powers. Stakar's timeline is in a constant loop, though, because eventually he goes bad, and Elisa force, Alita forces him back into his infant body to relive his life all over again. He is seen manipulating events that bring the Guardians together, um, and is known as the One Who Knows because he has relived his looped timeline countless times. Dang. So he's kind of weird. So he knows Sucks, everything bro. that's about to play on TV. Pretty much. He's like, don't don't turn to the TV Guide channel. I can tell you what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, next up, we have Starhawk again, but Alita, Defenders number 29, 1975, Gerber and Buscema, and Vince Coletta. So she's Stakar's half-sister. Um, he's the adopted one. She also fell in love with him when the Hawk God allowed them to separate for a time. Uh, she bore three children with him. Her dad turns those kids into psychic vampires out of his resentment of Stakar, which leads them to dying. Uh, she never forgives Stakar for this, and they separate fully until Stakar realizes he needs Alita to survive, literally, and absorbs her body, uh, absorbs her into his body until she is able to wrest control and throw him back into the past. The 70s were weird. Yeah, they were trippy, man. Uh, Charlie, 27. Marvel Super Heroes, 18. Arnold Drake, Gene Cole, 1969. Uh, Charlie was born on Jupiter in the 31st century. He was genetically modified to survive Jupiter's gravity. Because, can you be on Jupiter? Isn't it a gas giant? It is a gas giant. So you, it doesn't have a surface you can land on, does it? Right. Maybe they have a... Did they like know a Cloud City type thing mm. from Bespin? Do they yeah. did they know about this in the seventies? They should have, yeah. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Either way, um, and as as we know, reality does play a huge part in comic books. 
<laughs> so away. Guardians of the Galaxy, especially very grounded, very realistic. <laughs> <laughs> away on a pilot mission, he returned to find the Badoon invaded and wiped out his entire race. Escaped to Pluto and found Martin X, where they founded the Guardians of the Galaxy with Yondu and Major Victory. Uh, basically, he's a future version of the Thing, kinda. Mm. You know, ever loving blue eyed, and it's a pilot. Uh, Martin X, superheroes eighteen, Drake, Drake Colon sixty nine. So in the future, humans branch off to Pluto as well. Martin X Tanaga is genetically altered to survive Pluto by having crystals all over his body. He survives the Badoon invasion uh, using a telepod and meets up with Charlie 27 for, again, of course, finding the Guardians. He's also able to shoot ice and fire out of his hands. The same hand or is like one side fire and one side's ice? I think he's just got to pick which one he wants to use at any given time. So he has to think to himself left hand fire. Uh, no. Right hand ice. I, I don't think it's separated by hands. He's just like, mm, I'm going to do fire. All right. Now I'm going to do ice. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah, totally makes more sense. Could he do both at once? Maybe. I don't know. I didn't read the books. <laughs> I've only read the new stuff. Um, and these are all old characters. Uh, next up, Mantis, The Avengers, 112, 1973, Steve Englehart, Don Heck. Half Vietnamese, half German. One of those convoluted Marvel characters that whatever they do in the movies, no one should really get upset. Because, <laughs> holy shit. Oh, you shit. mean like whoever they cast as the Whatever her? happens to her timeline story doesn't matter. Because there's no definitive, like... It's so convoluted already. There's yeah, yeah. no adapting it. Yeah. There's okay. no, like, if you think Mantis, you don't know Mantis, do you? You couldn't tell no. me no. how Mantis got her powers? No, but no. I bet it's one hell of a story. Here we go. she's got some weird antennas. She is abandoned by her father in a temple of aliens that are a sect of, from the Kree planet, uh, called the Koladi, I think. They're like tree people. They train and educate her because they believe she will give birth to their messiah. She is then mind-wiped before being sent out into the world to gain life experience. Eventually, meeting the swordsman, a shady hero-slash-villain, but mostly villain, of the Avengers, um, and through him, she meets the Avengers. Uh, falls in love with Vision. Swordsman falls in love with Mantis. Swordsman dies. Mantis realizes she loved him all along. So... Anyway. Poor Mantis. Yeah. Uh, so those aliens, right? Uh, one comes around and reanimates the swordsman's body so that he can live in it and mate with Mantis. What a, they leave and have children. What a delightful surprise for her later. Yeah. Engelhart <laughs> then takes the character to DC. Literally just takes it because he takes it to DC under a new name called Willow. Turncoat. Yes. And later, he takes the character to Eclipse Comics. With the name Lorelai. He's, it's the same looking character, exact same look, same skills and powers, just a different name. Oh my gosh. Um, so this is what I mean by things get weird. Uh, and then eventually she returns to Marvel to have adventures with the Silver Surfer. She splits into multiple versions of herself that all reflect different personality traits, which is confusing. D uh, deaths and recons galore. Um, a stint of the new Guardians of the Galaxy team before being, air quote, murdered. Uh, blah, blah. Still around and helping out Star-Lord from time to time. Very confident and stern and trained in the martial arts. Um, not so doe-eyed as in the movie. While she is a human uh, with a high empathetic gifts, her alien-like physique came from um, when 
communing. That's how it's described on Wikipedia communing. with the prime Kaladi. I don't know what that means. I wasn't able Sounds to figure like out a group orgy. I quite right? frankly, I mean, like, <laughs> is that is that what they do at churches when they take communion? <laughs> you have an orgy with God in your mouth. All right. Um, so moving on to the last character. All right. Ego, Thor, 132, 1966, Stanley Jack Kirby. His origin is explained as once being a scientist who merged with a planet when its sun went supernova. Okay. Sure. As you do. Yeah. Uh, Later retconned that he was a celestial being science experiment. Okay. Um, So Ego was the first kind of a good guy um, after an initial run-in with Thor. Galactus threatens to eat the guy because he is a planet. Um, mm-hmm. Thor teams up with him and saves the planet's life. Ego then agrees to be a haven to the Wanderers, which are a group of aliens who have all lost their home planets due to Galactus. Well, that's nice. That is nice. Um, yeah, nice. One thing leads to another. Ego goes crazy. Sure. He absorbs the Wanderers into himself um, and makes out to Earth to fight Galactus. Because he's like, that's not very nice. Yeah, it makes wants to make a fucking comeback. Uh, Thor teams up with Galactus then, among others, to blast him off into space. Every time Ego comes back in the Marvel conflicts now, acting like a baby, and always manipulating characters into plots to either absorb their energy or to have them stay on as, like, eternal protectors of himself. And yes, the guy has a pretty big ego. He is not Star-Lord's dad. That is reserved to a guy named Jay Sun an al- from an alien race with a fetish of imitating Roman centurions. The race- what a strange fetish. Yes. Um, it's very specific. Well, I mean, like, that's, that's like the entire alien race is called the phalanx. Yeah, but still, like, that would be like somebody who likes feet being like, yeah, I really like the left pinky toe. Yeah, so they're all, I don't know. It's just this whole alien race that looks like Rome, but in space. See, I don't, I don't, man, everyone I don't loves think, Rome. I don't think it's that weird, but I played Fallout New Vegas, so <laughs> kind of desensitized to people fetishizing the Roman Legion. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Um, oh, I noticed you started watch, writing Watchers. Yeah, yeah. I like the Watchers. I suppose I could have gotten into that. Um, Because the Watchers are basically this alien race that are not allowed to interfere, but do it all the time. Because that's (laughs) what happens. Uh, And, like, they're just supposed to chronicle everything. Like, that's that's their purpose, is to chronicle all the Marvel events. Created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, first appearing in Fantastic Four number 13 in 1963. Yes, Uatu during the Galactus... Uh, storyline storyline where silver surfer shows up yeah because yep. uatu shows up and he's like a big deal is about to happen he's like hey you guys are about to get rocked yeah i've been watching this dude and i'm not supposed to say anything but like heads up maybe you should keep an eye on it <laughs> <laughs> exaggerated wink to the camera <laughs> and then yeah he's just bloop, bloops away <laughs> uh, or he just sort of hangs out he's yeah he looks like this big-headed dude they they really knocked down how big his head actually is yeah in the show <laughs> And then, yeah, they confirmed that Stanley has been a watcher the whole time. Even though a continuity error, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy takes place before the events of Civil War. Huh. Mm-hmm. And Stanley says, and then one time I was a FedEx driver. Which was his cameo in Civil War. Ha ha. So, da 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 da. You know what? Yeah. It's fine. Like he wasn't a FedEx driver some other time? I'm sure. Right. FedEx is everywhere, man. Yeah. Uh, you can't stop him. All right. Let's move on to music. Finally. <laughs> Done with my comic that, book shit. 
that's me. Music for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is done by a lot of people, um, since, you know, it's so heavy on it. But if we're going to talk about the score first, it is done by Tyler Bates, who returned from the first film, also known for his music for Watchmen and 300. And earlier this year, uh, John Wick Chapter 2, which is actually a really good score. Um, Woo! I feel like the score was a little more present this time than it was uh, the first time around. Uh, But then again, so were the music choices. So it's just more music heavy here. First track on the docket is Space Chase after Guardians make off of that battery and the, the arcade aliens come after them. Excitement, she wrote. <laughs> ah. But nevertheless, she was excited. Uh, yes, there we go. <laughs> is that a terrible quote? All right, anyway. Uh, <laughs> it might be. <laughs> it might be. Yeah. Okay, so the next track we have is Dad, which I believe happened in the uh, you know pivotal sacrifice scene at the end of the movie. A little more emotional for that uh, resonant part of the movie. All right. Dad. They should have just played the song Cats in the Cradle. There we go. That would have been too (laughs) heavy-handed. That's a bit heavy of a, of a fade out. Might yeah, be. That's okay. Might be. We forgive you. Okay. Skylar had to step away for a bit. Who knows to where? <laughs> this will be a mystery. <laughs> this will be great. I wonder. He's probably just got the sudden urge, and then he's got to go shoot one off real quick and come back. I hope you are referring to the fact that he's pooping. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. That's it. Good. There that's, are some, there's, <laughs> that's how my poops go. I, I was, shoot them off. I was just about to say something about orchestral swells, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't think that would be... You could say builds. Builds would be a better mm, word than swells. No, that's worse. What? Really? Yeah. 
uh, it's way worse. Uh, pumps. Uh, no, it's not a pump. <laughs> uh, uh, inclinations. No, they're swells. Uh, like that's what they are. But I can't say that. Build now. build ups. Yeah. Uh, increases. Sure. <laughs> build ups. I think it's closest to what you want to do without being inappropriate. Yeah. Even though we're always inappropriate. Sure. I wonder how much of this I'll decide to cut out. <laughs> yeah, me too. Do we want to play the next track without Skylar then? Because <laughs> I got places to be. Me too, right? I'm not waiting around. Let's hear the next track, which uh, apparently is called Come a Little Closer, Jay and the Americans. Okay, we'll let, yeah, we'll let Skylar pick up what he wants to say about this one when we return. like the chain by fleetwood mac it's good I like um brandy you're a fine girl i like mr blue sky but for me that was the the mvp song slash montage of yeah. the movie yeah i the 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 song selection was on point as it was in the last film i think it was a little little better this time around oh yeah i would absolutely and now uh, both Austin and Michael have left. Okay, so, I understand. Yeah, I open. I open the door for that. Oh, there they are. Hey, hey! Someone got locked out somehow. So, oh no, <laughs> we've just been moving around this whole music segment. <laughs> this so is left in the bathroom. Skyler left his own segment for a while. <laughs> this is such a shit show. <laughs> I had to go. Let's Austin back into the building. Oh no! Uh, why did you leave, Skyler? You have to also take bathroom. Ah. I knew you were pooping. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I don't know. <laughs> There's something wrong. So what, something about Jay and the Americans and what was that song all about again? It was a song. Oh, oh. yeah. I was just um, explaining that, you know, I like so many of the, the uh, song choices, Fleet, uh, Fleetwood Mac, the Mr. Blue Sky, uh, Brandy or Fine Girl. But this uh, come a little bit closer by Jay and the Americans was for me at least the MVP song slash montage of the movie. What what was going on during the song? That's when Yandu was pretty much taking out the entire uh, Ravager ship. That's right. Okay, that was nice. It was uh, nice. I mean, uh, it was horrible and murderous, but it was nice. Yeah. Well, they were horrible and murderous first. They did that's a, true. They did a good job of making the Ravagers look like dicks and morons. Oh man! Also, my heart broke when Space Kirk was like 
they killed all my friends. And I was like, they oh, my God, my they did. And I feel so bad for you yeah. again. <laughs> Not just in Gilmore Girls. That's Sean Gunn. Yeah. I know. He's everywhere. I, lo- I, I love Sean Gunn. I think he's hilarious. His, I love the pictures of him being stage racket, <laughs> uh, rocket, stage rocket. So, like, Drax is petting him and stuff like that. And he's just like, he's just, it's just his head in a, in a unitard. <laughs> I also really, really loved it when he was talking to um, Nebula. And he was like, so what are you going to do with your share of the stuff? And she like laid out this very creepy detailed plan. He just went, "Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm probably gonna like buy a speaker." Or, like I don't know what he said, but he was just like, "That's nice." I was meaning like you know buy maybe buy a bag so the other girls can yeah. be like, "Oh, that's nice." Yeah, yeah, that was even better. And then he like patted her shoulder, and I was like, "What a bold move!" <laughs> See, I thought that was Kurt Russell. You're so dumb. <laughs> You're so f- – uh, I hate you. All right. What's our last track? Uh, our last Shit. track is actually <laughs> – Right there. There it is. <laughs> okay. So our last track is a bit of both, score and song. Uh, it's Guardians Inferno, which is a remix on Tyler Bates's, um Guardians of the Galaxy theme – in song form with a special appearance by let's just say an 80s icon i want him to be my dad getting down and dirty with a procyon loader got no people skills but he's good with motors that weird thing by his side an infantilized sequoia the two of them walk by people say oh boy they ask me why i'm bringing a baby into battle that's really irresponsible and getting them rattled. I said, give me a break. Get off of my back, damn it. I didn't learn parenting. My daddy was a planet. Oh, the Hoff. What the fuck are they saying? Sadu no... Hasselfrau? Is that German? David Hasselhoff? Is that David Hasselhoff oh, German? He is. It is David Hasselhoff, but he's big in Germany, apparently. Yes. Um, well, we see. all know that. He doesn't let us forget it. Oh, no. David, David Hasselhoff literally took down the first brick of the Berlin Wall with his massive nutsack. <laughs> Use it there as we a, go. He used it as a wrecking ball. <laughs> They're saying Zardu Hasselfrau. Okay. Translate. Uh, which means, oh, it's Gamora's misspeaking of David Hasselhoff's name in the film. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's going to be like Zardu Hasselfrau. <laughs> Zardu Hasselfrau. There we go. That's good. Oh, That's a great that is song. good, actually. Yep. It's done by the Sneepers, <laughs> who... Um, are also an alien race known as the Badoon. The Badoon. <laughs> it's secretly just the Badoon. Let's keep it at that. Uh, what are s- the Sneepers? Are they uh, are they uh, the same band that did like Rob Our Rescue Team? Because that's what this sounded like. No, they uh, in the in the one. Um, there's a Doctor Seuss story. Some of them have stars, some don't, and it's a commentary <laughs> oh. on the artificiality of race. Yes, be a great dad. There we go. Yeah, I think this is like their only. Uh, yeah, this is their only 
uh, credit that I can find. Must be it. Must be James Gunn's Garage Band. Like it has that to has, be. Yeah, that has to be it. <laughs> yeah. Like just I, some I mean, dudes he played with in college, and he's like, "Do you guys want to like you're all doing things like taxing and a nurse, but do you guys want to get together and make a song for my movie?" They're like, "Sure." <laughs> David well, Hasselhoff is, is going to be in it, though. Ah, Swick. Sick. All right. Swick. That's what the kids say. Swick. Swick. Zardo Hustle Swick. Sweet and sick. Swick, homie. All right. That'll be a thing. Um, so any more music today? <laughs> no, we're all done. But, um, you know, there are plenty of other fun tracks from this movie that you can either revisit by watching it or just, you know, go check out the score, the album because it's fun. Are um, they going to release it on cassette tape again? <laughs> probably. Ooh. Hopefully. Damn. Why? They're going to release it on Zoom. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. That was so funny when they were like, yeah, this is what everyone's listening to nowadays. And I was like, this is so sad. Like, <laughs> you can fly in space. That's how like that's how like that's how I get my messages across. Is um I write a note down and I tie it to my Zoom and throw it through a window. <laughs> Microsoft was pissed. <laughs> of course they were. Uh, free advertisement yep. of a Zune. <laughs> People still, they still make those, right? Right. No. They should. <laughs> All right. Moving on to science. Science. It's been three weeks since a science section. I Jesus know. Christ. I know. She blinded me with science. Blinded me with science. Never blinded you with science. No. Only, only, when you, only when I say sciencey things and you close your eyes because you're like, dear God, why? <laughs> Gouge my eyes out. <laughs> um, Colonization of Mars might be achieved in 30 years. It might. <laughs> it ever, might. You ever see that Elon Musk meme? No. <laughs> it's like <laughs> when you're hitting her from the back and she says, Colonization of Mars might be achieved in 30 years. Oh, and and it's his face. <laughs> and then it's, he's hitting the blue button. <laughs> What does the button say? I don't know what the button says. But I don't, yeah. Anyway, science. Science. Anyway, science. So, uh, Ego is a celestial being. As proclaimed. Mm. Yes. But, like, what? where would he fall in, like, the usual, like, taxonomy, the tree of life? Uh, 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 as a planet? Yeah, but, like... He kind of uh, breaks the class because he's, he's kind of his really... own kingdom. Right, but if we had to put him somewhere, would he be a virus or a parasite? He would. Ooh. Uh, well, um... he's sentient. Um, yeah, that's fine. And do you think he has mammary glands or a backbone? <laughs> he can I... make one. Okay, I mean... so let's let's yeah, think he about could be anything in terms I... of how he reproduces. Okay, sure. Um, by fucking aliens, but I'm thinking more <laughs> of like that plant thing that he plants. Yeah, he pulls it out of his arm. So yeah. he's able to reproduce. Produce. Uh, he's able to. Re- he's able to create his own physiology. Yep. Of of whatever he wants, and then fuck an alien. Yep. And then inseminate them with whatever they need in mm-hmm. order to produce an offspring. Yep. But that's not how he actually wants to reproduce. He wants to reproduce by inserting his consciousness into a planet mm-hmm. by doing yep. so with a weird looking plant. Yep. Also, here's my question. So when he says celestial, he makes it sound like there's more of him. Like his, unless he just, he was just like, well. the Mar- Marvel has I a group of the celestials. Um, and none of the rest of them were like, hey, buddy, maybe you take a cool. Quora culture. You saw, like. you saw the celestials <laughs> in Guardians of the Galaxy 1 when they were the makers and, of that purple infinity stone when uh, the collector showed that flashback. That um, giant yeah. obelisk that just destroyed everything. Yeah, oh, those sure. big dudes, those are the Celestials. 
Um, I think Galactus is considered a celestial. Um, they're just kind of like these ancient beings, dawn of time kind of thing. I feel like I'd nap a lot if I was a celestial. <clears throat> yeah, for real. Like, um, but he is, I don't think he's, con- he's considered a living planet. Okay. Yeah. He might consider himself a like celestial lowercase C being. Yeah. He's like a like a demigod. Pretty much. He's not I mean, he can kind of make God. a bunch of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Also, can we just take a moment to be impressed by the fact that he recreated a human body from scratch with ap- apparently no charts. Yeah. And I was like <laughs> I was watching that and I was like my father would have so many issues right now cuz <laughs> where's your perineal gland? Is that yeah. above or below your adrenal? Did you put a prostate in? Like, I mean, seriously, there's so many like weird little things. <laughs> Why did you like like how much on um, how much girth did you give yourself? Like, yeah, what's okay? <laughs> let's abandon the science talk because I, I don't have much. Um, <laughs> you were trying to describe whether or not he is a virus or a parasite. Oh yeah, yeah. So parasites they latch onto another organism and then get nutrients from that. Viruses latch onto another organism, inject their DNA into it, and then use that cell to reproduce. Oh, so then he's I a virus, definitely virus. virus. So yeah, he's a virus. Okay, uh, that's the debate over. It. New yep. topic. New topic. <laughs> Is he hung? <laughs> <laughs> well, also, I mean. D- why that body? Like I don't. Yeah. And also, why that hair? Like I have so many questions. Did you? watch a movie yeah like See, that that Russell, would make sense right if he saw like like big trouble in little china and he's like this is the peak of human condition yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean it's the peak of human filmmaking <laughs> come on so because because it's just like because he hadn't seen earth yet and he made yeah. that human body according to the, his story so therefore you know, how did you come up with kurt russell and then why did you age yourself yeah why not <laughs> you're just so stay old up? Aged well. Well, because, like, Like, how weird it would be to, like, meet your dad after, you know, 32 years and be like, hey, my dad is, like... Okay. But yeah, my dad is like, my dad's you know, 22. He's, lo- he's looking for Star-Lord at this point, so he wants to be very He wants he wants to take a form that look Star-Lord as... will be like, "Oh, you might be my dad cuz yes. you look like Kurt Russell." Yeah. <laughs> Age <laughs> about 22 years older than me. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just you go like it, it was nice that he was so nuanced. Like I, I liked that in a villain, but I was also just like, I have so many questions for you. Why are you making this so difficult? <laughs> like, why are you an embodied brain? You came into what? you came into being as a cell. Is that right? Yeah, and then just like, and I mean, I get the whole point where he was like, yeah, I just started like, like stuff sticks together in space. Okay, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> but like, how did you? How do you exert control over all that part? All the all that matter as long as the inner what the fuck did they call that thing i don't know let's call what it the, did it, let's call it the inner scrotum the light the light the light that's right it's like season seven of lost the light and then yet not light it was just a brain <laughs> but he was able to make light and then transform that into matter <sighs> and become a horrifying planet that almost killed them all ego you're doing too much yeah. Because I didn't catch it. All right. Anyway, yes. Those motherfuckers. Props. Why, do they, why do they bother with that? Props for the scene where they actually went ahead and did like the giant face on the planet. Yes. Yeah, that was that was pretty dope. Also, I That's really. That's what Ego looks like. Yep. I didn't obviously get this until later because I couldn't figure out why Sylvester Stallone was mad at Yandu. Mm. And he, but then when he was like, "We don't deal in kids," I was like, "Oh, it's because he kept." Yeah, Peter. Kept Peter. It's because he kept Peter. No, it's because Mm-mm. he'd been ferrying all these children to get fucking murdered. <laughs> <laughs> all to these the murder years. pit. Also, yeah, uh, Ego, wh- 
you control your own mass, right? You can absorb organic matter. Why do you still have a pile of dead children bones? It's like a trophy room. Yeah, seriously. That's a little creepy. Why don't you just absorb that into your planet? So he can uh, keep count. You know, it's it's probably just like a project that's just been on the back burner for a long time and you kind of forget about it. Yeah, it's like eventually I'll reabsorb those kids. It's like Austin started repainting our bathroom. We've been meaning to do that for like, yeah, the better part of a year. So you're equivalent. Like, we're just getting around to it now. And when you're seen to. Okay, that's right. If I murder my child in my house, I might get around to getting rid of the body. Yeah, well, you're. Well, it's not your children, it's billions of other people's children. Well, that would be half the father. Who are also yours. If you're. (laughs) Right, okay, true. But if you're a celestial being, like, you have other celestial. Issues? Things that you have to deal with first. Well, I guess, and also, if like there's only you and like one other person on the planet, you're kind of like, eh, right? I don't. Who's ever going to see those little corpse, infant corpses anyway? Infants. They're who's going to see those adolescent, adolescent corpses? Matt Mantis. <sighs> right, but she's fine. Like, where did Mantis come from? I want to know. Was, <laughs> was she made or? I, I think he's. Didn't she say she was like? He found me or something. Uh-huh. Like, I think it was something, mm. probably tapping back into whatever part of her backstory this was part of, where <laughs> they, like, leave her at an alien temple. Oh. Where'd you find one? Like, also. Um, <laughs> like, that's some fucking dedicated Google searching. <laughs> alien temple. He just hit random on the Google Maps and <laughs> went to that, and then it just happened um, to be an alien temple. I did really oh like her gosh. clothing choices. Okay, like, Google. the costuming on this film was really, really good. Yeah. Okay, Google. Is this necessary? Show me an alien temple near me. <laughs> Why did I marry you? It sent me to a app store thing called Skylanders Trap Team. Are you sure it didn't oh, send you to God. the Masonic Temple here in town? Uh, oh no, God. I clearly asked for an alien temple. <laughs> Not a secret government temple. <laughs> okay, on that note, I have to be at work in 10 minutes, so I'm going to... Skedaddle. Oh, all okay. right, let's close it out. Okay, so that'll wrap it up today. Super fan, super movie size is recorded and produced. If you like what you hear, uh, fuck, where'd the outline go? Oh, anyway, Jesus. you know what the you know what the deal is. Hit us up on iTunes. New new episodes come out every Monday, and we love hearing from you with those reviews. Yep, check us out on Twitter at Super M Studies. Twitter question of the week. Um, let us know what uh, tunes you're looking forward to in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, finally, that'll do it today. <laughs> <laughs> if you want me to be on specific things, let me know. Yes. Not just Star Wars themed, even though I love that. Well, then I can replace Ben. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that'll do it today. I'm your host, Michael Maurer. James Scatter Hutzman. I'm Ben. And I'm Austin. Anderson. Oh, you guys should have said it at the same time. That would have been super cute. Ah, well. (laughs) We're already pretty gross, so. All right. Thank you all for listening. Have a super week. Bye. Bernie was a fine girl. There's a port on a western bay, and it serves a hundred ships a day. The sailors pass the time away and talk about their homes. And there's a girl in this harbor town, and she works laying whiskey down. They say brandy, fetch another round. She serves them whiskey and wine. 
Bears the name of a man 